Happy. It is time. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever the hell you happen to be hiding out there in the globe. Coming to you direct from the Brewery Overlook in beautiful southern Vancouver Island. It's episode 75 of the Rogue's Tavern. Tavern Talk. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Not poxing around. No, I can't do that song. I'm no good at it. <laughs> at any rate, it does seem that the M5M has come up with something new to scare everyone since Ukraine was fading so fast, they weren't able to keep up anymore. They kept pumping it and pumping it, and it was just fading. People couldn't handle it. They didn't want war. They're more, ha- <laughs> they're more than happy to have some other new quarantine um, pandemic. They needed a new pandemic. So... We present you the monkeypox. Hey, hey, it's here, the monkeypox, a disease that was a minor irritant in the world is suddenly a pandemic. Okay. And along with that, the warnings are now starting to come out. They're sneaking out bit by bit about the food shortages. They can't hide this much longer, folks. At the most, you've got till the end of this summer to be prepared and stocked up. At the end of this summer... It will be unhideable, and the mainstream people will know about it. All of your Karens and Kens, they'll all know all about this stuff, and they'll be panic buying like nobody's business. So, you know, they've been there. They've been trying to hide this for the last two years, and but it's only been getting worse. If you're not preparing, you definitely need to be preparing. But, hey, it's not all doom and gloom. We have lots of other great tips, some good old bitching and complaining here at the tavern. So I suggest that you come on in out of the dark, settle down by the fire, have a drink and fall down some rabbit holes with us. Absolutely. Let's dive deep into the rabbit holes. But of course, before we get into the rabbit holes, we like to you know, hit the beginning of the show with our little spiritual reading. Spiritual reading. Direct from the Bible. I had a whole nother verse picked out for today's show, but... I, th- this one kept coming up all over the place, so I figured, well, if it's being thrown <laughs> in all of my in all of my social media feeds, I, I figure I must bring it forward. We're back into the book of Revelations, folks, because you know, what apocalypse is complete without some readings from the book of Revelations? Today, it's Revelation 16, 1 to 21. <clears throat> And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged us. For they have shed the blood of saints and the prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and the power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched and great with great heat, 
and blasphemed the name of God, which have power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. And blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water therefore was dried up, and that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue, in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heavens from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices, and thunders, and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was, as was not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake, and so great, and the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came and in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail of, out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plagues of the hail. And for the plague thereof, thereof was exceedingly great. There you go. Plagues, 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 and more plagues. <laughs> verse, verse 2 was the, the more apropos one for what's going on right now. The one that everyone kept quoting. Which one was verse 2? Um, here it is. Um, it, it's verse 1 and 2. It's go, pour your out the vials. And the first went upon the, the first went and upon, poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men, which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. Huh. Oh, that kind of makes sense, yeah. And and you know, people are there's people out there that are equating the uh, the vax the vax the vaccine to the mark of the beast. And oh yeah. So far, a lot of the people that are supposedly getting monkeypox have been vaccinated. Yep. I mean, there's, that's just a coincidence, really. It is. It's just a coincidence. And, of course, we'll get into more of that, aside from the fact that uh, there was an ape, a monkey adenovirus in the vaccine. So, you know, one has nothing to do with the other, though. Absolutely. Of course not. How could you even think that? I know. I brought a whole section on just monkeypox, man. Yeah, well, I've been adding to it. I created a new section for monkeypox in case you didn't see it. I didn't see it. I created a new section too. You know, I'll have to stare at the notes and. That means I got to combine the two. You really got to read through them. I created a whole new section of monkeypox right above the Rona. I was in a rush. I uh, put after the Rona. Oh well, then it's in close enough. That's for why me. I didn't see it. All right. Well, 
We don't have any special videos or random fun facts this week. I really didn't see any video that would make me laugh. So <laughs> I suppose what we should do is we should just dive right into the good stuff, preparing for your future, your planting, growing, harvesting tips, and just some things to help you out in your garden or on your balcony when you're growing stuff. And one of the things that I found is a big potting myth is busted. And this is something what, that... What this is, is the myth? The myth, well, it's not actually, it's a myth. It, you can call it a myth. I, I, I think myth is the wrong word. But people, you add stones to the bottom of your pot, supposedly to increase drainage. Well, I always thought that was true. You know, I used to put stones okay. and rocks in the bottom because, you know, supposedly it helps the water drain away from the soil better. But in, in, in actuality, what it does is it slows down your drainage, thereby causing your plants oh. to drown. And they proved it scientifically. So this is a really interesting article, and I didn't know this. And I thought, well, I've been killing my plants all these years. I guess it's time to look into changing and see if it improves. So I, I actually just, didn't even know about that tip. <laughs> yeah, well, it was something that I was taught years ago. Hmm. All right. And you've got how to plant, grow, and care for lavender. Yeah, the stinkiest plant that gives me migraines, but it's got so many health benefits. Yes, it does. It sucks that this plant gives me migraines. Uh, lavender is a pretty good thing to grow. If you have a little place to grow it, like you could just grow it in one of those uh, planters that hangs out off of your window kind of deal. You don't need much space for it to get a lot of it. This stuff grows like a weed. Mm -hmm. But this goes through how, like when the best time to plant it is, how to keep it growing healthy and how to care for it, which is essentially harvesting it, but not killing it by harvesting too much. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a well, good little article. It is a good article and it's very useful. And yes, lavender grows really well on a balcony. I used to grow mine on the balcony here until I cleared off all my plants at the uh, brewery overlook and moved them all to the oasis. Yeah. So. Uh, the next one here is uh, how to grow Asian pears. Asian pears are often labeled as apple pears in the grocery store. I love these things. They are so good. It's not a pear and an apple sliced together like I originally thought. It's actually just a pear from Asia. Mm. I love these things. They're so good and they don't they don't ripen once off the vine like regular pears. Instead, uh, you can take these and you can keep them and store them much easier than you can uh, regular pears. They're really good too. Uh, what this article does is it goes through and it talks about how to plant them, how to grow them, how to keep the, the tree healthy. If you do plant an Asian pear tree, you need to plant a second one because they do not self-pollinate. They need a, a pear to, well, to most, pollinate. Most pears need another pear to pollinate. Well, you can't just have one pear tree, as my last place proved. It just ends up producing really weird and distorted fruit that doesn't mm. taste very good. Mm. <laughs> But this, these guys, they won't even self-pollinate like, like European pears. Mm. They just don't. So, yeah, uh, so what, you're saying, is is what you're saying is Asian pears don't believe in self-pleasuring. Okay. Nope. Nope, they're too proper. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> they're too proper. They don't believe in self-pleasuring. This is a non-self-pleasuring <laughs> plant, folks. It means you got to get a partner for it. <laughs> 
All right. So yeah, this is oh, also awesome thing about this plant is I wasn't sure if it would grow in our area, but when I looked into it, it will actually grow in uh, southern parts of Canada because we do have the right climate for them. Oh, good. Well, yeah. I got I got I don't know if I have any more room for any more trees in the oasis. You have room on the side of your house. No, I've got two pear or <laughs> I've got two um apricots. I got two apricot trees and a uh, a fruit salad tree. We can figure it out. Uh-huh. They're yeah. yummy pears. Yes. <laughs> mhm. All right. So, um the next one here is ingenious garden hacks from a lifelong gardener. I really like the hacks that he shows up like that. Use a, a muffin tin for spacing your plants. That's awesome. But there's there's other things too, like uh, labeling, which that's something you've had problem with is labeling things and still having it show up months later. Uh, I changed <laughs> markers. I'm having ah. uh, it was the marker I was using. The marker would wear out. I started using China marker, or a China a China pencil. China marker pencil, okay. and it's it's a grease marker pencil. Another thing too is use fragments of broken terracotta pot. Yeah, that would work or too. Or rocks. What I what I do is I take all those plastic containers from uh, from uh, mm, sour cream plastic containers, and mm -hmm. I cut I cut them into uh, markers. That works. I get I get uh, thirteen or fourteen per per container depending on how I cut them. Uh, protecting from cold. Mm -hmm. This one is something you're already doing, using plastic bottles. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, using plastic balls to make a temporary greenhouse. Now that one I didn't think of. You like cut it, you cut it off, and then you put it over top of your tiny yeah. plants. Yeah, cool I've idea. That. I've seen that done. It's it's good for it's good for when you put your tomatoes in the ground too early. If you put your tomatoes in the ground too early, you can stick this over the top until the tomato outgrows it, and then you just pull it off. <clears throat> Have you ever seen this one? The watering Using with old plastic? plastic bottles to make water reservoirs. Spike holes into yeah. the lid and then cut off the base of the bottle. I've tried it. It doesn't always work very well. No? Aw. <laughs> I've tried that one. Root cuttings naturally. Yeah, you can dig them in rooting gel. Um, honey works really well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of ways to root them. I do lots of reeds. Sort your seeds. Yes, uh, you do want to sort your seeds. I found that out after the first year. You got to keep your seeds well sorted because you lose track of what your what what seeds you have and don't have, and you also got to keep track of how old your seeds are. You know, because CD wall. That's a decent idea. Honestly, what I thought about is you remember those uh, card playing plastic pocket things that you had for your cards for like Magic and, and Pokemon stuff. Yeah. That's one way to if do you're it. To, yeah. I use I That's use what I, I, I use an old I use a container that was designed to hold Christmas bulbs. <laughs> it works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, let veggies flower. One, let, yeah, let veggies flower. That one is something I know you need to let them do. Well, if you want to collect seeds, you got to let them flower. Yep. You know, you just got to do that. Yeah, some good tips, useful there. Planting, growing, and harvesting cantaloupes. I managed to grow exactly one cantaloupe last year. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> it was it, it, it weighed a whole three, four hundred grams. It was small, fitting upon my hand. It was a little teeny tiny. Was it but, tasty? Oh yeah, it was very tasty. I did eat it. Good. I, I grew it. I was gonna <laughs> eat it, man. It's my, it's my it was my very first ever <laughs> cantaloupe I ever grew. 
I was so right. surprised to find it. It, it. it it was a cantaloupe I'd planted in with the tomatoes, and I'd forgot about it. And when I was clearing out the tomatoes, I was like, wait, there's a cantaloupe in there. Where'd that come from? <laughs> so yeah, cantaloupe's pretty tasty when you grow it yourself. They are I've a little bit tough. They are well. They're all melons are pretty tough to grow. You gotta okay. get them. You gotta get them in the right spot. You got They they need the right amount of sun, the right amount of water. You know, it's like melons. I've I've always had tough time growing melons and pumpkins. I'm trying to get over the problem of growing melons and pumpkins, along with carrots. Me melons, pumpkins, and carrots, man. That's I don't know what it is with me melons, pumpkins, and carrots. I keep trying. You know, I accidentally grew pumpkins once. Yeah, well, that's the best way to grow things is when you accidentally <laughs> grow them. They tend to grow really well then because you had nothing to do with it. <laughs> they just volunteered and say, look, I found a happy home. Hey, look at the stuff I'm producing for you. Well, the place where I accidentally grew pumpkins was uh, it had shade three quarters of the day. Hmm. Really? And Yeah, it had shade three quarters of the day. It only got morning sun but it still had the heat the rest mm. of the day it just didn't get the direct sunlight so maybe mm. that's something to keep in mind yeah maybe keep the heat so keep it out of the wind but give it only the first half of the day sun all right how to plant grow and cure winter squash or spaghetti squash is the most popular winter squash grown i have no yeah, problem and I, have, I have no problems growing that i grew so many one year they uh, my first year i had so many they lasted all the way until march yeah, I got to have some too. That was great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very tasty squash variety. I'm growing blue pumpkins this year, which is a winter squash. Oh, sweet. It's a winter squash, and it's a very tasty winter squash. And I already know that the pumpkin lasts. Um, like, I bought it in the grocery store specifically because I wanted the seeds. And mm -hmm. I bought it in, in a grocery store. And, of course, it was grown on the island here too, which meant the seeds were already acclimatized to the island. And mm -hmm. I bought it in like se late September last year, and I didn't get around to cutting it open until the middle of February. Is when I and finally. And it was still good. Oh yeah, I I I baked nice. it up. I baked it up and ate it. It was very tasty. It's a very tasty squash. It's got a slightly better flavor than uh, than uh, spaghetti squash. Nice. So, yeah, it's a very Denver one. So, yeah, winter squash is curing them. The important thing about curing them, I can tell you that from this before we get to that point in here, is what you got to do is you got to let them ripen on the vine. And mm -hmm. what you do is you go up to them. When it looks like they're ripe, you sort of gently push your thumbnail into them. If your thumbnail pushes into it a little bit, it's not ripe enough yet. You need a hardened skin before you cut them off the vine. And That's then a when, good thing to know. And then when you cut them off the vine, you need to leave at least one to two inches of stem for it mm. when you cut them off the vine. Don't try to pull them off. You cut, you cut them off the vine, and you leave one to two inches of stem because that, that amount is what's needed to seal the end where the stem is from rot. And then once you get them, once you get them cut, you go put them in a dry area you know, shaded, cool, dry area under your deck, under your under your porch, in your garage, in your special room, whatever, and let them dry really well, separate air all around them. And you also take and wipe them down. Some people use, you, you disinfect them by wiping them down. 
and what the what that does is that wipes out any funguses that might be on them. And some people use a light, um, a mixture of bleach water or something. But the best thing you can use is apple cider vinegar and water to wipe them down. Okay. Because apple cider vinegar is all natural and good for you, and it won't hurt it. Whereas you know you don't want to coat it in uh, in you don't want to coat it in bleach. Bleach will work, a very a very weak solution of bleach, but you're better off to just use apple cider and vinegar at a rate of about three to one, three, three water to one apple cider vinegar. And uh, that works very well. That's what I did with mine the first year. And that's probably Can you use any reasons. vinegar or does it have to be apple cider? You can use any vinegar, but apple cider is better. How come? I'm not sure, but you can make your own apple cider vinegar. I used my own apple cider vinegar when I used it for cleaning. I made, I made my own apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar is so easy to make. This article says that you can just leave it on the vine if you have a sunny, dry season. Mm -hmm. And you can just leave it on the vine, let it uh, ripen and harden there, and then just yeah. take it off and clean it and put it away. Well, that's what I just said. Leave it on the vine until no, it's ripened. you said leave it on the vine till it's fully ripened. Yeah. I'm saying this says that you can leave it on the vine until you're ready to uh, wipe it down, put it away. You don't have to let it, like, air out. That's what this yeah. article is saying. It's, oh, I know. It's a little different. You're still better off to let them air out and dry because you, you just want to make sure that they're well, they're, they're well dried, you know, and the problem okay, is... Okay, so that's the biggest point to keep in mind, there, then, is make sure they're well-dried. There, there's always moisture in the air. And there's, and if they're out there on the ground, the bottom side is still getting, getting moisture. I don't care how, how warm your air is, there's always moisture underneath it. <laughs> okay. Because it comes up from the soil or, or the sure. grass or whatever it's laying on. You know, you want to make sure it's dry all around. And you do got to clean them and dry them, but you got to leave at least an inch to two inches of uh, stem. All right. I do have some cooking and canning recipes for you today. And this one here I thought was really great. I'm going to make this one, and then I'm going to freeze dry it. It's the Amish they, stew? It's what they call $5 Amish stew. You'd never be able to make it for $5 right now. Unless you lived in Amish country where you could get things at a real price. But well, you can get you can get two pounds of carrots for for five bucks. Yeah, can you get a pound of beef for five bucks? No. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the the recipe for this is four potatoes, two carrots, one onion, a can of a fourteen ounce can of diced tomatoes, two beef bouillon cubes, garlic powder, chives, parsley, and a pound of uh, ground beef. And don't use yeah, the Dutch we're already oven. past five bucks once we get to uh, to the onion. Yeah, once you got to the onion, you're at five bucks. But yeah. this this is gonna this is gonna be a this is gonna be a seven to ten dollar stew, but it's gonna feed a lot of people, or maybe mm -hmm. maybe feed two teenage black holes, and you might get lucky and get maybe. a potato. You might get lucky and get a potato or a carrot out of it. <laughs> I made a I made a big giant meatloaf tonight, and I got I got I you know half of it was gone. Yep. I you know my my black holes are dipping in there. Although I got to say, it makes me feel kind of happy to hear that you're having to deal with it now, too, because I've been having to deal with it for the last five years. <laughs> yeah, but you won't have to deal with it as much because you got girls. They, they, they start earlier becoming black holes, and they stop earlier being black holes. Yeah, the older one is finally tapering off. I'm so grateful. <laughs> yeah, well, my older one is just now deciding that he eats and eats and eats. It's like I feed him a big dinner two hours later towards bedtime. He's back in the kitchen. It's like, didn't you just eat dinner? 
Mwahaha, your turn. Yeah. <laughs> so, at any rate, this is a really simple one. You make it all in a Dutch oven. You can make this recipe in a, uh, in a slow cooker. It won't be as good because you don't get the brown beef because one of the secrets to this recipe is browning your beef first and getting that nice, good, brown, crispy bits at the bottom before you put in all the rest of the stew items. So... And then well, you just, could just cook the beef separately and then use a rubber spatula to scrape it all into the slow cooker. But then you won't but then you you'd have to put water into the pan to get all the bits and pieces out of the pan. You need all the bits and pieces that are stuck to the pan. Oh, okay. The brown the brown the brown stucky bits. The what they call what do they call it? They call it um um they call it fond. It's the caramelization that happens okay. at the bottom of the pot. So basically, and then you pour in your, you pour in the can of tomatoes, uh, three cups of water, um, beef bouillon, and all the spices and all the potatoes and stuff, and you stick it in a Dutch oven and put the lid on, stick it on low, and leave it there for three hours, and you've got dinner. So basically, in the morning, you could spend about half an hour, forty-five minutes preparing it, stick the lid on it, and let it simmer all day long. And then you have, nice. inst you have instant dinner. So anyway, I thought this was a really good one. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to make it up, and if there's leftovers, I'm going to try to uh, freeze dry it and see how it works for for a, a reconstituted instant meal because it just sounded so good. Yeah, it's probably pretty awesome. It'll probably be pretty awesome uh, for a reconstitution. Yep. And then they've got another one here that I that I tripped across. And it's how to make your own bullion cubes with two years of shelf life. Oh, and that's these, cool. These are bullion cubes that are made without stock. They are made from yeast flakes, onion powder, parsley, garlic powder, celery seed, thyme, turmeric, rosemary, paprika, basil, salt, pepper, and then virgin olive oil or your favorite oil. All whatever things I have. And you can make these cubes up and you mix them all together, blend it all up really well until it's coarse, mix in oil until it's nice and crumbly bits, pack it in the ice cube trays, freeze it, individually wrap it in the foil or plastic, whatever you like, stick them in the freezer again, and then when you need bouillon, you reach in the bag, grab a couple of them, toss them out, and you have instant bouillon. And you can use it for a broth or anything else you want. I just thought this was a cool idea. That is awesome. Where do you get uh, your, uh, your nutritional yeast from? Uh, I'm actually not sure. Grandma gave it to me. Oh, no. I need to get some. I don't have nutritional yeast. <laughs> I've looked for it in different places, ask, but I haven't found it yet. Ask Grandma. She finds things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, she does. Anything I need found, I just tell her, <laughs> and magically, in two weeks' time, it suddenly appears. Yeah, I have a container, and it said to keep it airtight and... Mm -hmm. Uh, no oxygen, so I have like oxygen eaters in an airtight mm. container, so yep. it's it's still good. Yep. Well, that's what you, because otherwise yeast starts growing, because yeast is yep. yeast, man. All right. You can also uh, put it in airtight container in the freezer. That'll mm -hmm. keep it from growing. Yep. All right. The final one I've got from you, and this is one that I'm going to try because I actually have an immersion blender, and that's making quick and instant mayo with a single egg. A whole egg, not just the yolk. Use the whole egg. Hang on. I need to interrupt you for a moment because I just glanced at the uh, picture 
on the mm. show. And it still just says starting. The show is going live. It doesn't show your screen. Oh. I mean, we're coming be- through for sound. Yeah, that's because I hadn't changed the uh, thing. Picture on the Yeah. Show. That might explain and it still why. It just says starting. The show is going live. It doesn't show <laughs> you know. your screen. How come we've got people? We've got people watching. How come nobody tells us these things? I don't know. Maybe they just enjoy laughing at us secretly. Mm-hmm. It's just so irritating. <laughs> it's like, come on, people. We don't watch the show here, and of course, I don't see anything because Odyssey doesn't have a special administrative area, so I can't play the show while I'm while I'm uh, while I'm. Uh, broadcasting it i can't see it i can see the live chat and stuff but i can't see anything else so come on and people. i pay attention to the live chat in case someone wants to say hi i yeah. put i put things there but yeah. i don't really look at the video because i got the live stream on a separate screen yeah no, <laughs> no, no, so be it come on anyway. people help us out yeah help us out people help us out why does it always Ooh. take it takes us half an hour to get there okay back to this one making homemade <laughs> mayonnaise with fresh eggs you could probably mayonnaise, mayonnaise, mayonnaise. Thank you. Mayo. Mayonnaise. <laughs> All right. You can probably do this with store bought eggs too. Fresh eggs would be all the better, but you could do it with store bought eggs. And of course, they they give the usual disclaimer because they have to. This recipe does contain raw eggs. The consumption of raw or undercooked eggs may increase your risk of foodborne illnesses. Blah 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 blah. Yep, sucks. But it doesn't. It's the eggshell. Well, it's it's the eggshell, but if you crack it wrong and there's something on the eggshell, you can get it in the egg. It really makes no difference. It's it's something that occurred kind of like all the monkey pox and all the other crap. You know, you get one thing it's go wrong silly. and they, it's silly. At any rate, you just need a, you need a container. You need an immersion blender. You need oil, some vinegar, and a couple of spices. They, they, got, they got mustard is what they use, mustard and salt and pepper. Mustard and, is an amazing spice. Yes, well, mustard is an emulsifier. Really? And yeah, mustard's an emulsifier. I use it in my, uh, I use it in the uh, recipe for the hot sauce to emulsify the hot sauce, so it's so it stays blended longer. Oh, I didn't know that. I just know it adds flavor to like everything. Yeah, and sometimes it doesn't even add its own flavor; it just enhances other flavors. Yeah, that's why it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew mustard seed uh, last year so that I could collect my own mustard seed to make my own powdered mustard. Oh, cool. All right. So basically, you just pour your egg in, your oil in, your spices in, you stick your blender in, and you start blending it up until you have mayonnaise. It takes all of about 10 minutes to make if you've got an immersion blender and and a cup. So you never have to buy mayonnaise again. Now, granted, you only— you don't have an immersion blender— uh, you could do it with a regular blender or, a, or with a regular blender or a, uh, what do they suggest if you don't have, you don't have an emer- a food processor. They suggest a food processor. The key, okay. the key, the key is making sure the blade can whip the yolk at a high enough speed to make the fats emulsify. Because you got to, you got to okay. emulsify all the fats together. So, and that's the biggest key to it. And you got to drizzle with a with a blunt with a with a food processor. You got to drizzle the oil in until the mis- mixture thickens. You can't you can't do like this one here. You can do it. You can just pour it all in one container, 
make uh, you put the eggs in for the egg in first, put the oil in, put the, or put the egg in, the vinegar and the oil in, and then you just um, hang on, yeah, raw egg, oh, egg, lemon juice or white vinegar, lemon juice or white vinegar. I'd use lemon juice myself, but uh, the egg, the 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 water water base, the mustard, and then the oil on top of it so that you start blending the egg and the water together and then the oil is pulled down to it and it's slowly blended into it and because you got to emulsify it to get it all to stick together and turn it into mayonnaise makes sense and it makes probably depending on how much you use mayonnaise in your house it might make you a week supply of mayonnaise but uh, in your fridge it's going to last they say a week in the recipe i'm willing to bet it'll have a lifespan of about two weeks in the, in your fridge because it has no preservatives oh, in it. probably has no preservatives and be the best mayonnaise you ever tasted. And then if you started playing with your recipe to get different flavors out of it, you would have amazing res- uh, mayonnaise. And I'm going to start playing with it because, you know, mayonnaise, mm-hmm. mayonnaise is getting real fucking expensive. And pretty soon, eggs are going to cost yeah. me next to nothing. Very true. And you could use olive oil in this if you like the flavor of olive oil. They say in the recipe, don't use olive oil because it's pretty strong flavored. But I like olive. I like olive oil mayonnaise. I've been eating olive oil mayonnaise for quite some time, so it's, it does have a different flavor than the regular mayonnaise. But any oil will do. Whatever oil you like best is what you can use here. And I've got myself a decent supply of olive oil, so I would use olive oil. But anyway, I thought that was a pretty cool one. That is. Okay, let's talk about some storage and preps before we dive into our problems with our food supply. Let's go to the storage, stocking preps, and our health preps before we go into. I got to move those. Actually, we'll do the we'll do the we'll do the other stuff before we dive into our food supply issues. All right. Oh, okay. What other stuff? You've got stocking, storage, preps, best over-the-counter drugs. I bought the I brought the same article you did. This is actually so, the one you brought. I didn't put it to lower the list. Yes, I know. It's the same article though. It's the same article. So let's go with you because you brought all kinds of extra crap to go with it. I did. Like this list here is pretty good. They've got ibuprofen and uh, aspirin, Tylenol, some stuff I haven't even heard of before, like Axid AR. Apparently it helps to decrease. Hmm? Yeah, it produces, it reduces stomach acid. Sounds like an antacid. Yeah, I've never heard of it before. And do... Ducolax? Ducolax, man. Makes you shit. We used to, we used to, it used to be, the big one used to be Xlax. Yeah. Lopermade. So so when you've you've had too much, when you've had too much Ducolax, you need your Lopermade. Lopermide. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tums. And then, yeah, Tums, which... A uh, little known fact about Tums, because it's made with mostly calcium, if you find that you can't afford milk, Tums are always cheap. Just give your kids or younger people Tums every day, and it will help to build their calcium. Mm-hmm. It won't harm them, and it helps with their calcium uh, needs. Yep. Dramamine, which, uh, what is that for? Right, and um, it's an antihistamine. It's, it's an, an anti nausea drug, Dramamine. It's an anti-nausea, ah, okay. anti-vomiting, dizziness. It's it's what then, it's what a lot of people take for uh, motion sickness or uh, if they travel and they get sick on planes and boats. Dramamine is often what they take. 
I'm thinking these are mostly American versions of what I have. That's why I don't recognize the names. And Sudafed. So I have most of these. I just don't have this brand. Yeah, and then Sudafed, which is an ephedrine, you know, decongestant. Benadryl. Yeah. Everyone that has allergies knows what Benadryl is. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Mucinix. 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 That's for when you have colds and crap. St. John's Wort. Thought, friend, a friend of mine yeah, just gave me some. this was interesting. Friend of mine just gave me St. John some St. John's Wort she made. Some St. John's Wort oil she made. Oh, nice. I, I got to go out with her. I got to go out with her uh, on uh, Solstice to collect St. John's Wort so she can make more. Definitely. I I hadn't even thought about adding stuff like St. John's Wort to my medical kit, but multivitamins those are always good to have. Mm-hmm. Neosporin, which I'm pretty sure is the same thing as polysporin. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing. Polysporin, neosporin. Um, okay. You know the the regular the no name version of it. It's all the same, and it's an antibacterial ointment. And activated charcoal. Mm-hmm. Activated charcoal is a very good thing to have. Activated charcoal is not as easy to get hold of. But I have yeah. been I have been learning how to make activated charcoal. It's actually not that hard to make. It's really not. Probably I, why you can find well, you can find activated charcoal in a lot of things these days. Like I have yeah. activated charcoal toothpaste. Yeah. Well, if we run you run out of toothpaste, one of the things they suggest is get charcoal, mix it into with a little water, and uh, if you happen, happen to have baking soda, you make it into your toothpaste. Yep. So the things that I added that aren't on the list that I definitely think people should think about grabbing is Mecca. This is an ointment that everyone should have. It only has three ingredients, phenyl, camphor, and zinc oxide. This is my personal go-to every time I burn myself or every time that there's a scrape or a bruise because it works amazing. Pink eye polysporin. I recently heard about this. It's actually good for any eye infection and you can use it. Yep. Caffeine pills. Uh, great for if you need to keep going short term or if you suffer from migraines, keep caffeine pills on hand and take a couple caffeine pills when you get a migraine. That will help ease your migraine. And then gravel, which I didn't realize that uh, that thing on here was essentially gravel. A535 rub. Uh, it's great for if you have a pulled or strained muscle, especially if you have to keep going. This will make it so you don't feel the pain anymore. Yep. And Ipecac. Ipecac used to be very popular, but it's really dropped in popularity because it is a poison. But a couple drops of this on your tongue and you'll end up puking. The reason you would want to have something like this is, say you're out in the forest and your toddler or some idiot you're with puts a poison berry into the mouth or something, you can make them puke it all up before it gets into their system. Very good thing to have. Careful, though, you don't want the little ones or the idiots nearby getting a hold of it, and you got to make sure it doesn't spill so it doesn't get ingested accidentally. Yep. And I see you brought the canning the $5 Canning $5 Am- Amish stew. Yeah, we don't need to cover <laughs> that one again. Okay, now I brought one here, first aid in a jar. This one here, pretty much anyone can make. Pretty much anywhere you go, there's always cattails available. Oh, yeah. And... The healing properties of a cattail is an astringent, a coagulant, pain relief, and an antiseptic. And this rest, amazing. This, this article goes through how to collect cattails, how to process them, how to turn them into a gel that you can then preserve and save for when you need it. 
Allergies. Which trees are offenders? Every one of them. They're all offenders. No. They're no, all offenders. Cut, uh, cut, cut them all down them. and burn them. They're all offenders. I say cut Golden them all Rod down and, and burn Wag, them. Goldenrod and Wagby aren't. Cut them all down and burn them. They're all offenders. Just, uh, this article just, just goes through what is what is going to get you the worst, what's going to get you the least, and then it gives you some advice on how to avoid your allergies, mainly mm -hmm. common sense, but it also suggests like limiting your outdoor time or limiting yeah. your exposure to the yeah. items that are setting off your allergies. Yeah. I personally don't agree with that. Yeah. Well, the problem is if you limit your exposure, you never get any any... You don't build up any immunities, but little immunities you can build, but... <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's pollen time of year. I've noticed a couple of times go out to my truck and there's this nice thin film of pollen across my uh, <laughs> windshield and gathered in the corner edges of my windshield. So, yeah. Uh, the next one I have is just plants to avoid and plants to grow instead when you have allergies. Hmm. And it goes through and it talks about them, but. Again, this isn't something I found overly helpful because a lot of the plants that they suggest you choose are not overly helpful plants. They're, they're just, just pretty. They're just pretty. That's the problem. Pretty yeah. plants are important. I understand that now after two years of railing against pretty plants. I realize I need pretty <laughs> plants to help bring in the beneficial bugs to help the plants that are really useful. I just mm -hmm. limit the number of pretty plants I, I grow compared to the number of plants I grow that produce something of value. I want my plants to earn their bloody keep. You know, yeah, they... don't get rid of your tomatoes in place of, like, hollyhock. Yes, Don't no. do it. Keep, no. keep your tomatoes. Just plant hollyhocks in there as well. Yes. You, you must keep plants that are going to provide <laughs> you with something at the end of the growing season. All right. But... Um, I just wanted to add in my personal note here. Mm -hmm. So over the years, I've managed to figure out a variety of odd little ways to help with allergies because my younger daughter and I both have pretty shitty allergies. Yeah. Um, I've usually learned it through word of mouth, so I don't have anything to show. Uh, things like if your house is dry, use a hydrator. Mm -hmm. Inside of your hydrator where the water is, add in things like nettle, catnip, dandelion, mint, and uh, the mint will help ease the pain of a rubbed raw nose. And all the other things, like nettle especially, nettle, catnip, dandelion, those will actually help you to develop a tolerance to the weeds and plants outside. No. Nettle, you can take it in a tea, it, breathe it in as a vapor, have it in your bath, like have a place where it gets steamed up when you're having a bath or a shower and breathe it in deeply. It really all helps to you to ease your allergy issues, and you'll have less allergies over time. Mm. Uh, eat local honey. Uh, I'm not sure how it works, but if you eat only local honey, it really does help to make your, aller your allergies better. Don't take the mainstream suggestions of staying inside and avoiding, mm. because that actually makes it a million times worse. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. don't... Don't go, don't live on antihistamines because the longer you take the antihistamines, the harder time you're going to have uh, if you ever can't get them again. Like yep. you, if you take antihistamines for a long time, you could actually cause yourself to go into um, anaphylactic shock 
when well, you go off of them. That's because your body isn't producing them. Your body's like, fuck, why should I? Your body is the most efficient piece of machinery in existence. <laughs> if we artificially give it the stuff it needs, it goes, cool, I get to do less work. <laughs> exactly. And then you, you take away the artificial and the body goes, fuck, you want me to work now? It's kind of like all the people that went on the the, the government dole for the last two years. Now now we're now saying nope, no more government dole. Time to go back to work, and they're bitching about having to go back to work. <laughs> Same problem. Well, the last thing I put on here is, don't go and roll in the freaking grass. Mm-hmm. My kid does that every summer. Mm-hmm. It never bodes well. But for when your kids go roll in the grass and end up coming home with their eyes all puffed up. You don't need to give them antihistamines. All you need to do is get them in the shower, put something cold over their eyes. If you can, um, soak the cloth in cool nettle Mm -hmm. uh, water. The nettle will help bring down the swelling and it will help make everything go away. Or just throw them into the river. That works too. Very cool. (laughs) Well, we're only going to cover one of the wild food medicines because we're just going to skip lavender. We're going to deal with the okay. medicinal uses for marshmallow root. I don't have any marshmallow growing yet. Marshmallow is a pretty amazing thing. I'd honestly completely forgotten about it, but I saw I saw the uh, lavender and marshmallow tea, and it reminded me, when I first discovered marshmallow root, I had a toothache. Someone gave me marshmallow root, told me to put it on the sore tooth, and it was like freaking magic. Within half an hour, no more pain. I kept the marshmallow. I kept changing out the marshmallow root on my tooth. Within three days, the infection was gone. Hmm. Freaking amazing stuff. I don't no. think it even talks about that capability yeah. in this article, but no, I've, it I've, is really amazing. I've heard lots of things about marshmallow root, and I I do intend to get some, but I haven't seen marshmallow. I did pick up something cool today, though a plant, a new plant for the oasis. Yeah. I, I picked up a wasabi plant. Oh, nice. So I'm going to grow and, and produce and make my own wasabi. Oh, that'll be awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I thought that was really I cool. I have wasabi powder. That's as, that's as close as I can get to long-term storage of that. Oh, but it might not even be real wasabi powder. Oh, no, it's real wasabi powder. Did you pay a lot for it? A ridiculous amount. Okay, then it's real wasabi. Because the thing is, <laughs> is a lot of times what we buy in the store that's labeled wasabi is not actually wasabi. What it yeah, actually it what it actually is, well, that's because it is uh, horseradish. And it's, ah. it's dyed green. It's horseradish dyed green, and they call it wasabi. Because horseradish and wasabi are very similar in flavor and in heat intensity spice and everything else you know make your eyeballs water and clear your sinuses but wasabi is a tougher plant to grow i've read about it but i didn't see it but when i was in the i was in the the garden center today just seeing what they had because i've got to cheat a little this year i got to buy some plants because i had such a tough time with my starts this year but uh i I saw a plant that said wasabi and i'm like no that can't be real wasabi (laughs) And I've read the label and looked it up, and it's like, sure shit, it's real wasabi. Holy crap, I'm taking this. I'm going to grow wasabi and see if I can produce and and process and create my own wasabi powder. That is I'm, awesome. I'm so looking forward to that. All right, on the other tips, we're only going to cover a couple of these because we're pushing up towards the uh, top of the hour where it's time to head into second half of show. All right, first one we've got here... Uh, 
Let's see here. Which one do I want? Oh, this one's this one's kind of important. It could be important for anyone that's smart enough to have a diesel engine. Unfortunately, that's not me. Or me. I couldn't uh, afford a diesel at the time. Uh, I would have loved a diesel uh, truck. How to make your own you. homemade biodiesel. Nice. And, of course, diesel vehicles will run on biodiesel. And biodiesel is not all that hard to make. It takes a lot to make up the thing. But this is a pretty good article on how to process it. Now, I haven't seen it in a while, but there's a YouTube video of a guy that lives on an island somewhere in the Pacific. And what him and his partner do is they go around the island on the beach gathering all the plastics that wash on shore. Then they take those plastics back to their little hut area and they process them into biodiesel. Cool. And he shows the whole process of what he does. And it was like, holy crap, I never thought. And it's like, why don't we do that with all of our plastics or more of our plastics? Why don't they reprocess it back into biodiesel? Because that would be smart. I know. That's the whole problem out there. We have a lot of shit that would be smart, but they just don't do it. Yeah. It would say another way to save the environment in a smart way versus the ways they always try to do it. Even the greenies out there don't even try to push shit like this. Anyway, I thought this was a good article and a, a good one for people to know about was how to process biodiesel and make it. All right, we got Very two. Mo- we got two more. One from me, and both of these are pretty outlandish and crazy. A mom of three reveals why her family doesn't use toilet paper. Interesting. I thought it was interesting. It caught my eye, and I went, "Wait a minute, okay, you're, you you got to be wiping your ass with something." Okay. Well, the article as long goes. Do you have a way to do laundry? Well, that's well. What she does is there's some really. It's a really good article. She goes through and talks about you know. First off, we're trying to get out of debt. So we're trying to cut costs everywhere we can. You know, make our own food. Blah blah blah. And then she realized, wait a minute, why are we using toilet paper? We're flushing money down the drain. And, of course, you know, depending on how much your toilet paper costs, it could save you hundreds of dollars a year in toilet paper, depending on what you cost. She, she states yeah, that so far, so far she's saved, you know, like 2100 bucks or something in toilet paper um, in money. And that's money you could put elsewhere. But what she does is she'd gone through, and at first she was using scraps of old clothes and everything and found out they didn't last very long. They were wearing out too fast. Because I guess, you know, most bu- most people's bums are pretty rough on stuff. Mm-hmm. But what she found was, you know, in the thrift store, she was buying old kids' blankets that were made out of, um, how's it called? Microfiber? No, it's not. Well, micro- microfiber will never work, man. Microfiber doesn't absorb shit. They might wipe your butt all right, but they're, they're um, what did she say it was? Uh, flannel. Old baby blankets made oh. out of flannel. Because flannels flannel really, would work really well. Flannel would work really well, and flannel's really freaking soft. Yeah. And what, what they do is they keep a uh, bucket next to the toilet that's full of water, and that's where they toss the wipes after they wipe their bum. Makes they, sense. They toss them into there, and then they sit in there, and every, every second day they wash everything in the bucket. And the big warning that they said is do not wash them with your clothes. No. <laughs> wash them by yourself and wash the washer afterwards. 
So, she, as she said, her yeah, husband she made... She made the mistake of washing them together. There's no coming back from washing your soiled cloth, clothing, or bedding. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought, well, that's interesting. I had, you know, never thought about that. You know, not that it's a problem for me, but, you know, if the world really does hit the fan, shit really does go wrong, what are you going to do with the shit that's clung to your ass? You know, you're not going to have any shit paper hey. to wipe the shit. Her name is Amber. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Well, only Ambers could come up with something this insane. Pretty much. We're uh, a special breed. Yes, yes. Ambers <laughs> are definitely a special breed. But, yeah, I just thought it was a cool article. I thought it was interesting. And I thought, yeah, this is a piece of information people could know because stuff starts going bad. Remember the to toilet paper shortage of 2020? Yeah. This could happen, will happen again. All right, and your last one here is pee as a fertilizer. <laughs> I just couldn't believe this. You you called me on this. I'm like, yeah, just bring it to the show. I, I just, I had to double check because, like, the experts are telling us to pee on our veggie gardens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, human urine can be used as an effective and sustainable fertilizer. But don't pee directly on your veggie patch. You will burn them. You will damage them. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. Yes, you will. You will damage them. <laughs> you so wanna... I wasn't able to actually go and check out the article itself. Uh, you have to actually subscribe and pay in order to read any articles on that site. But uh, bits I could read, it sounds like they're talking about taking your pee and then putting it away in an airtight container for six months in a room temperature area and then using it on your garden. That still isn't exactly the best way to do it. No, it's the not. The best way, in my opinion, is to make sure that your pee goes into your compost mm -hmm. or your dirt or whatever it is, mix it in, let it sit there, let it let it breathe and, and get all the stuff mixed into the dirt and yeah. then you can use it on your garden. Well, then then you're using it as it's meant to be used because what the yeah. pee does is pee, if you really want to fuck up somebody's lawn, go pee in the same place all the time. It'll turn the grass yellow. Yep. You know, it's like peeing in the same spot kills the plants. Um, Just think about when you have a dog. And, Look at and, your backyard. And it is, <laughs> high, it is high in nitrogen because your pee is high in nitrogen, yeah. which is why it's really good in your compost bin. It adds nitrogen to the compost bin, and it helps the compost bin work better. But you need it to go through the composting process before it's usable. Yeah, you gotta love the experts nowadays. They're just they're just so far out there. They don't even know where they're coming or going. There we right. go. It says, uh, "Oh, you moved the thing. I think it's up a little bit." Uh, I lost it. It actually talked about uh, putting it away. Oh, there you go. A little bit more up. Nope, that's still not it. Okay, well, they, they do talk about, like, putting it away in an airtight container for a while and then oh, using it, it on your garden. And if you, From okay. what I can understand, they're not giving you very good information so you can no, use it correctly. They're not. And, 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 and as far as putting it away in an airtight container, have you ever – well, you might not. It's happened here. <laughs> okay. It's happened here. Happened to me once. And then tried one of those diaper genies. We'll understand. Well, diaper <laughs> genies. But I'm 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 going I'm going with teenage boys peeing in a toilet ah. and not hitting the little lever that flushes it, and 
they oh, pee no. they pee just before you go away for two or three days and you come back home and you're like what the hell's that smell and it's the pee that's been sitting there fermenting in your toilet for three days and it and it really does reek you know it, yep. it's not it's not good it's definitely not good <laughs> All right, before we take our break and go into things, we're going to, no, I think we'll dive into our food supply after we take our break, because I got to go empty the squirrel bladder, and uh, we'll come back and we'll dive into our squirrel, or into our squirrel food. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. It's in slow motion. Squirrel. There it is. Now it's working. All right, we'll, we'll come back to this in just a minute. We'll take a little bit of music, and let's see what we got here. Let's go for this one. We'll be right back. Before I learned to walk, I crawled on my knees. Looking up, I saw a world just beyond my reach. I cried in desperation till I finally figured out if I stood on my own, nothing could keep me down. I climbed that mountain just to see what was on the other side. On the other side. But thank God, thank God for mountains. Without them, I'd never touch the sky. By the time I turned 18, I was going on 42. With nothing left worth doing and nothing left to prove. Then life said not to fast for and gave me a wake-up call. I found myself surrounded by a jagged granite wall. I climbed that mountain just to see what was on the other side. On the other side. But thank God, thank God for mountains. Without them, I'd have never learned to fly. always something to get over some things you just can't walk around the choice was mine to make go back the way i came or keep moving never looking down down. so i climbed that mountain just to see what was on the other side on the other side thank god God for mountains Without them, I'd have never touched the sky. I climbed that mountain just to see what was on the other side. On the other side. Thank God God for mountains. Without them, I'd have never learned to Forgot to put the chickens up. The camera's not loading either. Oh well. <clears throat> I wonder if one of the chickens pecked it to death. No, they can't reach it. 
It's outside the screen. So there it says is. you. For all you know, one of those chickens might be a ninja specialist. I mean, think about Pinky and the Brain. Mm -hmm. That scientist never knew what they got up to at night. There they are. There's the chickens. Cheap, cheap, cheap chickens. Oh, okay. No special, no specialty ninja chicken. No ninja chickens. All right. <laughs> Let's go dive down into our food supply. Let's start out with, first off, we have food insecurity experts predicting that there's only 10 weeks left of wheat supplies in the world. I wouldn't say in the world, but probably in each individual country. No, in the world. Hmm. In the world, because, you know, there's only so much wheat. And part of this, okay, this is a scare tactic partly, but it's partly true. Part of the scare tactic of it is in the spring, there's always low, low wheat stocks because wheat is generally harvested except for what wheat we comes from the southern latitudes. But most of the wheat is grown north of the equator. Yeah. And of course, most of the wheat is planted in the spring, harvested in the fall, the vast majority of it, except for the stuff that's done in the lower latitudes. But we have been having massive problems with the crops for several years across the globe. Not just in yeah. one country, not just because Russia invaded Ukraine or whatever. You know, anyone who pays attention to the, to the crop reports knows that they've been lying about the crop reports when they're, when they're due the harvest. And then six months later, they adjust the numbers down. You want to find out about that? Go check out um, the Ice Age Farmer. He does a really good job of following all that. And he shows the numbers from the actual providers of the numbers. Yeah. And so we've had a shortage for quite some time. So we do have a shortage. And wheat, everyone talks about wheat a lot, but wheat is not the king crop in the world. No. Wheat is, at best, the queen. The king crop is corn. Because corn, we use corn to feed the animals and ourselves. We we use it, just about every single processed food item out there has corn in it, in one form or another. That too. It's also in our gasoline. That's what ethanol is made from. Is corn. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It's everywhere. Corn is everywhere, and corn crops have been hurting. Everyone talks about the wheat. Nobody talks about the corn. That was something that sort of triggered me. It's like, wait a minute, you're right. I hadn't even been paying attention to corn. Because corn is more of a crop to us than wheat is. And it's going to hurt us bigger. And we won't know until fall when harvest time comes. Right now, they're talking about the stuff that went in the ground, the stuff that's not in the ground, how well it's going to grow. You know, I'm betting many areas of growth aren't going to do so well this year because we started out with a really crappy spring. We're expecting a really crappy summer. It'll do okay in yeah. some areas and not others. I mean, our long-range forecast from the Farmer's Almanac is wet and uh, hot. You know, while yeah, it's I've read that a lot of fields have uh, – th their, their crops have just drowned and yeah. gone bad. They're drowning. The plants are drowning because plants can drown too. Yeah. So – it's just, we've got a lot of things to consider in here. You know, they, they, they're talking about Ukraine, but Ukraine's only a small piece of the entire puzzle. 
You know, there was some really good stuff I, I saw from, 2030, uh, from 2030. Um, what's it called? What's his name? It's, uh, 20, Adapt the 2030? Adapt 2030. He did, a, he did a recent video showing some really good charts about the areas in the globe, the countries in the globe that are in a massive shortfall of food. They, needing, they need to import more than they can produce. You know, and that's all across the globe in many, many areas. So and a got, bunch of countries have decided they're not exporting anymore. Yes, well, they can't export if they want to feed their own population. And if they don't feed their own population, they're going to find that population gets pretty upset when they don't got food. You want to, you want yeah. to see riots? Wait till there's not enough food for people to feed themselves. Then you'll see riots everywhere. I have a feeling that we're probably going to be on food ration cards by the end of the <coughs> summer. And nobody will understand that. Although they were sort of prepared people for the food rationing during the uh, during the two year scamdemic. Yeah, we were talking about that last uh, like last year, mm -hmm. ages ago. We were talking mm -hmm. about this, and yeah. yes, I think that was a preparation. And I really do think that uh, we are going to find ourselves on food ration cards mm -hmm. by the end of the summer because of our crap crops. Mm -hmm. All right, and another article I brought in relation to this one. The same thing is that um, from another country, this is the Western Food Journal being warned that only 10 weeks of wheat, uh, 10 weeks of wheat is left in global supply. Mm -hmm. That's the global stockpiles. So again, and this is, this is not fully mainstreamed yet. These are all secondary sources, you know, Places that many people don't look for their news and information. And so I actually, if you're low on flour, go get it. Go get your flour now. Stock up on it now. If you store it properly, your flour will store for one to four years if you store it properly. You know, or even more longer <laughs> if, you, if you really take the extra efforts and put it in air, airtight containers with uh, oxygen absorbers. You can store it even longer. Or if you go through yes. the two-step process, and that is buy that flour bag, take it home, put it in your deep freeze for a week, take it out of the deep freeze, let it warm up to normal temperatures so that any moisture it accumulated dries out, and then, uh, and, then, and then package it up into an airtight container. You can store it for up to five years. So there's lots of ways to do it. But if you want flour or if you need flour, it's time to stock it up right now before the rest of the world realizes that these shortages are going to be here. Hang on. Why put it in your deep freeze? Uh, it kills the weevils. You do know oh. that you, you do know that your flower has weevils in it, right? Oh, yeah. It just never occurred to me to put it in the deep freeze. Yeah, you put, it in, the, you put it in the deep freeze. It kills the weevils. It prevents the weevils. I've only had, in, in my lifetime, I've only had once where weevils hatched in my flower. And that was because I'd forgotten about it. I wasn't, it, it was a period of about, mm, about 10 years or so. I was doing no cooking whatsoever. You know, I was making most things out of a box or simplicity stuff. I wasn't using flour on anything. And I went to use the flour and it's like, the fuck are those? I'm like, <laughs> oh, they're bugs. How the fuck did they get in there? And that's when I discovered, oh, flour has weevils. It has weevil yep. eggs. The weevil eggs are in there. You eat them every time you eat bread. You just don't know it because they're small. How how long do you leave it in the deep freeze for? Uh, a week or two. 
Good to know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do that for some of my flour that I know is going to be around for a while longer. Yeah. Yeah. You just deep freeze them, and then and then you can then you can store it. But you got to you got to you got to pay attention because you got to remember you put something in a freezer, it causes moisture to be drawn to it. Yeah. Especially when you pull it back what if, out. What if you put it like in a plastic bag and in the deep freeze? I wonder if that would help at all. It might. It'll prevent it from drawing moisture back in when you take it out of deep freeze. Well, it looks like I'm going to be doing some experimentation. Yep. Start small. <laughs> all right. Yep. We've also got, along with our shortage of crops, here's an, here's an article. This one comes from... The Manitoba Cooperative, which is a farmer's um, website, you know, for farmers to look up stuff that they need to be concerned about. This is this is absolutely non-mainstream. This is the article I was just talking about. Is they're expecting global production declines for wheat and corn? Yeah. You know, see, this is the mainstream isn't doing this. You can find this in all the trade. If if you so, one of the things I did was I went out and subscribed to as many trade magazines as I can, because the trade magazines actually have to tell the truth. They have to, otherwise the whole thing collapses. Well, yeah, but see, the, the people doing this stuff need the truth. So they mm-hmm. and so the trade magazines actually tell the truth about what's happening that impacts that particular trade. And this is a trade magazine that is for farmers, all about farms and farming and everything else. And they've got some really good articles in here, and anyone can subscribe to it. That's the joy. And so I subscribe to it to catch these articles, and I've caught and brought some really interesting stuff from these. But they're also expecting some problems with soy. And, of course, we know there's way too much soy in the world anyway, so we won't miss the soy. Um, But we're just expecting lower yields on everything. Yeah. And with lower yields means not as much food. And I really Which get means food. higher prices and more food riots in the yeah. summer. Just eat bugs. After all, ever since so at twenty twenty, summer has become riot season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, let's hope it's not that bad this year. All right. And here's an interesting uh, factoid is that the US government is sitting on 1.4 billion, that's billion with a B, pounds of cheese. Why cheese? Well, I read, I thought, thought, (laughs) why? Well, what it turns out is the government was paying farmers to keep production up, but the farmers had no place to sell the milk, so the government guaranteed to buy the milk and process it into cheese because cheese can be stored long-term. Oh, Okay, that actually makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. The problem is, is it never gets <laughs> distributed. This article has an interesting thing. They did this once in the seventies too, and there, there's back to the back to what what triggered me there was the seventies. They did this in the seventies also. You know, no agenda in the seventies repeats. Yep. Okay, <laughs> and um, they did this in the seventies, and they accumulated so much, and they couldn't distribute it fast enough. And it started to go rotten, so they decided to distribute it, and they crashed the price of the cheese market. Because there was <laughs> well, maybe no. Maybe that'll happen again. Mm. Could very well be. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting that the government's sitting on a ton of cheese, more than a ton, tons and tons of cheeses. <laughs> All right. And from the economic collapse blog, 
We got more on him later. He's disappointed me, man. Oh? Well, if he loads. Come on. Loading, loading, loading. What the hell? Well, while we're waiting for it to load, why has he disappointed you? Um, because of another article he did. He was one of my early red pillars, and he's fallen for the hype of the mo of the monkeypox. Oh dear. Yeah, for some reason. It's well, give him there. give him a couple months. He'll probably snap out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not loading on that browser. The browser is feeling moody. Yeah. And my computer's choking for some reason. It's gagging. It doesn't know why, but it's gagging. Too much bandwidth. Gagging on the size of the bandwidth. <laughs> oh, I copied the wrong. Oh, I copied the wrong link. Never mind. Um, oh, wait a sec. That other page loaded. There we go. Yay! The apocalyptic global food crisis that we were told to prepare for has already started in 2022. No, it started in 2020. Oh, yeah. It is well on the way by 2022. It started yeah. a few years ago. It started, it started, it's probably started three, three and a half, four years ago. Mm. And I saw it sort of, I was preparing for it, but I hit a financial crunch in late, in late 2019. And I used all I used up most of my stores in late 2019, and mm -hmm. I was just beginning to start to reaccumulate them in early 2020. And then in February 2020 was when we were slammed with the uh, the uh, Corona crap, and uh, and I realized, holy fuck, I need to restock myself back to the levels I were. So I went into overdrive on my stock, and I'm so grateful I did. Because now I don't have to buy as much each time to the grocery store. Granted, I can't buy as much when I go to the grocery store now, because you know <laughs> well, I no, go to the grocery with the store. Prices that are there now. You know, at, at, you know, in 2020, for a hundred bucks, I could get five bags of groceries. Last week, for a hundred bucks, I got two and a half bags of groceries. Yeah. I went out and got a couple of cheeses, some crackers, and some veggies for a D and D game dinner. Yeah. That was almost a hundred bucks. Yeah, it's like it's like it's I'm, sitting there, I'm sitting there thinking, wait a minute, I know it didn't cost me this much last time I bought these items. <laughs> so yeah, it's like it's it's gone crazy. It's it's just gone fucking lunatard. And of course, they repeat some of the same things here. The ten weeks, the ten weeks until of of wheat left, you know. Um, global famine will occur closer to autumn. Now this is something that we just talked about. A global famine will occur closer to autumn. And, of course, it's going to be autumn and the end of the year because that's when the mm. harvests come in. Because yep. we are still eating off of last year's harvests. People don't realize that you're eating off last year's harvests all the way until July. You know, because in July is when the harvests start coming in for the early crops and then the rest of the season, building up for storage into the next year. Or in times of massive plenty, storing up for possible future years when there's shortages. 
Well, we've had shortages for so many years now that we've eaten into our ultra long-term storages, and we're starting to have problems. Diving into this a little bit more, adding to the catastrophe, and this could just be because they have shitty rail lines because there was an article in here or there were some some people that made note that in this particular line of track, they've had several derailments of trains. Well, we had a derailment of a train in Alberta. And... Loading, 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 get the doggies loading. Rawhide. Kick them up, kick them out, kick them up, kick them out. Rawhide. There it is. All right. 43 derailed train cars full oh. of fertilizer. Potash. Ouch. That happened in Alberta. Now, according to some of the people tweeting down here and making comments on it, is this particular line of track has had several. Three, here it is. Third or fourth derailment in the last year in this area. So it could just be that the you know C- CNN rail is just not taking care of their tracks. But It seems like a lot of the railroad companies are not taking care of their tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of reminds me of uh, uh, in, um, Ayn Rand's um, shit, the book, the big book. When she when she starts talking about how the railroad isn't being taken care of, they had yeah. more derailments because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to be responsible, so nobody decided nobody yeah. wanted to fix it just in case they were considered responsible. Yes, and that seems to be what's exactly happening in the world what's today. Happening. happening in the world today. I don't want to be responsible for that. Yeah, no. But then, so that's a that's a problem. That's a lot of potash that is toast and that's unrecoverable. Oh, yeah. It's unrecoverable because it's in the soil. That's a great area to plant food, though. It's going to be well fertilized. <laughs> but Grow some it, corn. Yeah, grow some <laughs> corn there on the tracks. So we've got that. And you've brought FEMA doesn't have enough food either. Yeah, I found this a very interesting article. It's, uh, it's an article from Ask a Prepper. And he's talking about how FEMA is tracking down preppers. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is they're doing like these phone questionnaires. They're reaching yeah. out to people and asking them, how well are you provided for? How long would your family last if the system were to shut down? And it's, it's a, a rather small study comparatively. It's only called like 5,000 households. Yeah. But, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> do not breathe your, your saliva. Uh, so in here, it talks about how this, thing done in 2018, they identified these prepared citizens into various categories. And what the theory is, is that uh, because FEMA doesn't have enough to supply all of the country, they absolutely do not. They have enough to supply like uh, maybe half of the country, maybe. Yeah. So uh, the theory is that the reason why they're tracking down preppers is because they are probably going to make all these preppers provide for their communities that they are in. Yeah. Which also makes me think about how uh, preppers are always saying, make sure that you don't tell everyone that you're a prepper. Don't spread it about. Well, something I thought about that nobody ever really mentions is make sure your kids don't use the fact that you're a prepper for show and tell or something. Oh, yeah. Or start showing their friends all of your stock and store yeah. because yeah. they think it's cool or ridiculous or what have you. Because yeah. that kid will tell their parents who will tell their friends who will end up coming to your home. Yeah. 
don't, so, don't, don't tell anyone you don't want to know. OPSEC, operational security, is very important for your preps, for whatever you have, you know. No, I don't have just, all that much. You know, I've got just enough to survive for maybe a week or two, but, you know, it's all good. Good enough to carry me through. But I am growing sure stuff. That, hmm? I am growing stuff. Yeah, you are. And that you can't really hide. But no. it seems like a lot of people are all like, oh, well, you're growing stuff. I doubt you'll have very much. People don't hmm. seem to realize how much you can get from an urban garden. Oh, yeah. You can grow a lot. You can grow a lot in a small plot of land if you use it correctly but yeah fema you're kind of delusional there they don't even have enough to stock us to supply the half of america think about what fema did during i can't remember the name of that hurricane that hit uh new orleans they couldn't even i can't supply, remember the name of it they couldn't even supply five thousand people in their in their dome their arena with fresh water oh Okay. Then yeah, I am delusional. FEMA is a fucking shit show. Always <laughs> has been, always will be. It is a shit show. It's a pretend from the government like we know what the fuck we're doing. But it never it'll it'll never be able to do anything. But what they will do is they will come in with their guns, take your shit, and feed their friends. Cause they'll take care of their own. They'll always take care of their own. I found it interesting in this article, like they talk about how in 2017, 3.8 households were counted as resilient. Mm -hmm. In 2018, 4.5, 2019, 5.2%. Yeah, well, I find that interesting that more and more people are becoming uh, what is considered uh, resilient citizens. Yeah. Well, people have been waking up since the since that since then, and of course the the scamdemic woke everybody. Well, not everybody. It woke a lot more people. A lot more people woke up during the yeah. during the pandemic. The scamdemic. A lot of people, even people I didn't expect to ever wake up, finally woke up. You know, and realized. Oh, it's interesting to watch that. It is. It is actually quite interesting because I've been awake for many, many years, and it's interesting to see them suddenly go, and then and then say something to you. Say, yeah, yeah. You you want to say I told you so, but you just sit back and say, well, yeah, that's something I told you like three years ago. I'm glad you're finally listening, though. I'm not nearly that well behaved. I always go, I told you. Why don't you ever listen to me? <laughs> yeah, well, you're much meaner than I am. And then I you've am. got U.S. government. I don't US know how happened, but I've become a lot more mean than you. Yeah, well, who the fuck knows? <laughs> All right. You've got one here. Oh. U.S. government to invest $3.5 in China. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've seen the articles on this. It's called I Trees. I Kirby there. <laughs> trees, man, trees. Yes, Kirby, sucking in the air. Trees, people. It's like I saw this, I saw this several months ago in my Twitter feed, and the big thing was, look, it's trees. They invented trees. <laughs> yeah, I really do love this article, though. It's quite entertaining. And if it does actually work, though, it's going to be really shitty for all the plants. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, because plants need carbon dioxide, carbon, uh, carbon monoxide to uh, CO2, carbon dioxide. They need CO2 to live. Yeah, if you talk to any major production that grows plants for a living. Mm. Ask them what they pump into their greenhouses. They Mostly pump. 
CO2. They pump CO2 into their greenhouses. They pump CO2 (laughs) into their greenhouses for the plants. It's like, the insanity of this is fucking beyond pale. (laughs) I really like that that meme there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a great one. Yes, I've seen but that. And picture of Kirby, it's so perfect. And every time I'm, I see the color pink for the next while, I'm probably going to think of Kirby. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know, let's go back to that. That's a great meme. Kirby. Sucking in soot. <laughs> Sucking in soot. <laughs> All right. That's our food. Our food shortages are coming, folks. You need to get get prepared. I think this is a good moment for us to go check in on Chickens is Crazy. Let's see if the chickens are there before we bring up a chicken article. (laughs) Come on, chickens, load up. Loading, loading, loading. There it is. Oh, look, they're almost all out. Five of them out there. Ooh. And they froze. The video froze. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. All right. Well, As they become all... older, they're becoming real teenagers, never yes. sleeping. Yes, well, it's hard for them <laughs> to sleep, I imagine. But they do sleep a lot. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, teenagers sleep a lot. Maybe it's just teenage boys that sleep a lot. I don't know. All right, we've got well, several articles on chickens. Here you go. Here is a cozy greenhouse chicken coop that you can make. This is for those of you that want to raise chickens where it's really fucking cold. Yeah, like Alberta. Like Alberta. (laughs) You can actually put a big chicken coop in and around your, or a big greenhouse, one of those big pop-up greenhouses, in and around your chicken coop. You know, you build your chicken coop big enough for your chickens. You know, chickens don't actually need as much space as I've given them, but you can then stick that coop inside a greenhouse. Which, That's which awesome. will which will give them the added extra insulation they need in the winter to survive the winter. I just thought it was. We a cool might even idea. have to start doing that here on the island come uh, come the next few years. Well, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna fit a big greenhouse in and around my chicken coop. I didn't build it for that. True. You know, granted, last year it got down to minus twelve and it killed off a bunch of my really cool plants, but mm-hmm. you know, that's life. Another article, Protecting Chickens from Predators. This is something that I'm trying to make sure that I do is keep my flock predator-proof. And they go through here, and you got flying predators and crawling predators. <coughs> we don't have bobcats. We've got, no, we've got cougars. Um, cougars aren't a problem in our neighborhood and where the chickens are. My problem is raccoons. Uh, and raccoons are downright mean. They don't even really eat the chickens. They just come in and kill them. Sometimes they'll eat their heads. Sometimes they'll eat their heads, but that's all they eat. They eat nothing else. Just the heads. Just the heads. I was reading an article on it. They're just being little pricks. They're just being little pricks. They're just being little pricks. They come in, eat the heads, and they're gone. And they can wipe out a a coop pretty fast. And rats can get at your coop and do some damage. So my problem is rats and raccoons as really the only predators I have for chickens for my chicken coop nothing else so 
Anyway, they show you some ways to do it by, you know, pounding in some stuff along the fence line to keep uh, critters from digging in there, covering your coop so that they have things for it, giving areas for your chickens to hide in case they need to, uh, duck, to duck from flying things. So it's a really good article on how to do that. Then we've got... So having a dog or two is always a good thing, too. Dog or two, but you got to make sure the dog doesn't decide he likes chickens because dogs... Hey, this is something I read about dogs. Dogs will kill chickens not because they're hungry, but because they want to hunt and kill something, and then they'll feel guilty about it and try to hide. Oh, dear. But then they'll go do it again, because if they get away with it, they'll go do it again. <laughs> so dogs, will, dogs can your, your dog can become your problem. The same with cats. Your cats can become a problem, too. Well, what about... Uh... Dogs who are who have a herding instinct are they more likely to herd them than kill they, them? They might. You never know. You know they they still have the instinct to hunt food. Ah, uh, okay. Because you know in their nat in their if they were in their natural habitat they might be herding dogs but they still got to eat so that means they still got to hunt. So okay, it's just that sort of thing, and a couple of fun things for chickens. How to make a chicken swing. <laughs> a chicken swing. You make a swing for your chickens. I thought it was an interesting article. Take a chunk of wood, drill some holes, put some rope, put clips on it, set it up, and then you get your chickens swinging. There you Looks go. Looks like they have a lot of fun once they get used to it. Once they get used to it, you put it just the height they can jump up to it and swing. I may actually make my chickens a swing. And then I get these, the feeling your chickens are going to be a little spoiled. They might be. <laughs> and I found this. This was just funny. Chicken signs for the fluffy butt oh, hut. Oh, cool. Chicken coop. Mother cluckers. <laughs> the hen house. I just thought these were cute signs when I saw them. They are. I like them. Yeah. The fluffy butt hut. <laughs> That's the one that got me, was the fluffy butt hut. <laughs> Farm fresh butt nuggets. Come and get them. I like that one. <laughs> that one's good. Farm fresh butt nuggets. Yeah, I saw that one somewhere, too. Yeah, you yeah. should definitely get the butt nugget one. Yeah. Farm fresh <laughs> butt nuggets. <laughs> oh, All my right. God. Hen house. Lay daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some, pretty cool. Somebody had fun with that one. <laughs> All right, and then a couple more. How to stop chicken pecking and cannibalism. And this can actually become a problem in your chicken coop. Because chickens are omnivores. They eat everything. And if they get a taste for their eggs or another chicken, they will literally kill the other chickens and eat them. And they will destroy eggs and eat eggs. You know, and... They give you some ideas on how to prevent it from happening, what to do if it does occur, all kinds of different tips and information on how to deal with it. You know, cockfighting is never a problem unless you have more than one rooster. If you have more than one rooster, cockfighting can be a big problem because there's always got to be a dominant rooster. And then the sub-rooster will sometimes decide, nah, I think I can win this time, and he'll pick a fight. How long do... uh? Baby roosters got to stay with their mama. 
I imagine they don't stay with their mama any longer than chickens stay with their mama. Okay. I have no idea. They don't even have to stay with their mama. I mean, chickens don't stay with their mama. I got my chickens. They were one day old. They weren't even hatched by their mama. True. They were, they were hatched in an incubator. So, chickens are chickens are the proof about um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, instinct. Chickens are 100% instinct. Everything the chickens do is 100% instinct because I didn't teach them how to clean their feathers or how to eat or how to scratch or anything. Genetic uh, memory. It's genetic memory in chickens. You know. And yeah. so their That's mama genetic memory. It's it, uh by the way, did you hear about how um recently over the past few years scientists have discovered that we do indeed have genetic memory and all that junk DNA that people about my age learned about as being useless junk DNA mm -hmm. it's actually genetic memory. Yeah. Well, I genet thought that was cool. Genetic memory does exist. I always believed it, but many people don't. You can see it in many people that are raised by not their parents, but by foster parents, but yet they end up doing something like their parents and their parents' families. And mm -hmm. It's like, where did they get that information? They didn't learn it. It came from somewhere. All right, the final one oh, is, this, this is what I was just talking about on uh, animals that kill chickens and uh, don't eat them. Raccoons. Little bastards. Yeah. You know. I don't know why people love those little buggers. They're evil. Fucking trash and pandas, bullies. man. Fucking trash. They are bullies, man. They are big ass bullies. <laughs> um, you know, they, the common kills, they talk about dogs. Um, they talk about raccoons. You know, eating the heads. They talk about weasels. Weasels come in and wipe out your entire fucking flock. Hawks. Do we have weasels here? No, we don't have weasels here. We do have hawks, though. We do have hawks and owls. Yeah. Hawks and owls are a problem. And owls. Yeah. You know, those, those are some of them. I thought that was an interesting article. Good tidbits. Information. We'll see what I can collect in the next couple of weeks for more chicken stuff. While we're at it, let's talk about... You know what I noticed, though? Because I've been carrying these articles for a couple of weeks. You notice the chicken flu is disappear or disappearing from the news. Well, yeah, because they have the, the monkeypox. Yeah. The chicken flu. It's like the chicken flu was everywhere for like two weeks. Now it's vanishing from the news. Miraculously. Two weeks. They must have found a cure for it. Oh, wait. We found a cure. We've got something new to focus on. That's the cure. Yep. No, so it's like I realized, I realized I'm not hearing much about it anymore. So I've been carrying these articles for a couple of weeks now, and I've been meaning to bring them forward. You know, um... Because they were trying to scare people into the flu was going the the avian flu was going to jump to humans. I have a theory. Mm -hmm. Maybe they brought in the chicken flu for the simple reason that it was around uh, Easter and they wanted to boost up the prices. Well, no, they needed. Well, that's possible. They they needed to boost the prices of eggs, but they also needed to cause a shortage in eggs. Ah. You know, because by the number the number of chickens that were killed. Um, because of the so-called chicken flu, it caused a massive shortage of eggs during Easter. Yeah, it did. You know, which, of course, caused the prices to rise. And then I had, that article's in the wrong spot. How did I put an article in the wrong spot? I had rats in the chicken run, how to keep them out. So I talked about that already. 
how to deal how to deal with rats and chicken pot. I, I learned something that, of course, I almost made this mistake. I haven't made it yet. And one of the things I learned over the years, many people showed told me about this, was you put food and water inside the chicken coop for the chickens mm-hmm. to eat. <clears throat> but I recently learned that it's not a good idea for multiple reasons. One, because chickens are sloppy as fuck to begin with. Yeah. And they get water and food and scattered all over the coop. You have to clean the coop more often. Um, but it will, could also attract rats into your coop if they can find a way in there. Rats and mice will be into your coop. And rats and mice can squeeze through really small fucking holes. So. Yep, anything that head can fit through. Yeah, so anyway, because I, I, I was about to do that, and I'm reading up and learning this, and I'm like, okay, well, I won't be doing that. I won't be doing that because I don't want to che- have to clean the coop every three days. It's just way too much work. And then dealing with all of the other miscellaneous crap you clean out of the coop, you can have a coop that stays cleaner longer, you know, every week or two or week and a half or so versus every three days. So. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was more normal to... Uh, Spread the feed on the on the ground out just outside the coop. Well, it is normal to do that, but it's also normal to keep some in the coop for the chickens to feed and water themselves. But what you got to train them is that they get their food and water outside the coop. There's nothing okay. inside the coop for them. The coop is their home. The coop is their living room. You know, the coop is their bedroom, not their living room. The coop is their li- their bedroom where you don't eat in your bedroom because you don't want bugs and other crap in your bed. Although chickens tend to crap in their bed anyway, but that's chickens. <laughs> I wonder, uh, in order to feed them on the multiple rainy days, maybe would you have to like make an overhang set that just outside the coop where you put their food to stay as dry? Yep, you would have. I, I have something for them, just for their food to stay dry. Cool. Just a round thought I had. Yep. All right. On that note... Let's talk about the monkeypox. We need a we need a jingle for the monkeypox. Yeah. All right. This is the first red pillar that has disappointed me. The economic collapse blog. <laughs> oh my goodness! Really? Yep. He bought into There's it. There's like 159 possible cases across the world right now. His whole article, it's like, I'm reading the article, and I'm like, are you the same guy that just wrote the other article I read? It's like, these these two thoughts are, like, so opposing in view. His, His whole article is all about, it's the next great global pandemic, the monkeypox outbreak. Oh, my goodness. Maybe he's watched too many movies. I don't know. It's like every illness that ever spreads and kills off all the population tends to spread from monkeys mm-hmm. in every movie. Well, every movie, yes, absolutely. But yeah, I was just so disappointed in this. I just had to bring it forward. And there's so many things. Look, Go ahead. If you look right below the Rona, mm-hmm. I brought in uh, introducing the new Rona. Oh, that's Monkey why. Box. Yeah, you, you need to you need to start putting everything into the monkeypox segment. I will from now on. All right. Here you go. Let's go into it. The monkeypox. What should we be? What should we be? What what should be? How concerned, How concerned should we? Concerned should we be about it? Yeah, as concerned <laughs> as we were about the Rona. 
Well, I find it interesting because this one right here talks about how it is an illness that spreads from animals to humans. Mm. And there is 106 suspected cases. Mm -hmm. And like in total, there's 156 suspected cases across the world. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there have been 131 confirmed cases mm -hmm. across the world, mm -hmm. apparently mostly in Europe. Yeah. So this is something here. And then if you go down to the next one, it's about how monkeypox is brought to you by gay men sex. Hi, it's the new AIDS. <laughs> yes, there there are some articles here that say it was say they think it's been spread it, it the spread in Europe started because of a couple of raids. Yeah, and it's like okay, well why specifically Yeah, there it is. Link to gay sex. Well, because you know it's butt sex, man. Butt sex is a, is, is what it is. Apparently I love it's how they wrong. have Ro I so love how they, they have, have Romans on in it. There. Yes, well, you know. <laughs> no bromance allowed. No bromance is allowed. No gay sex allowed. That's good. <laughs> gay sex is pointless anyway. See, yeah, yeah the sexual transmission between gay and bisexual men at two raves held in Spain and Belgium. But I, it's all in Europe. Yes, I didn't know sex was so common and that they were just banging each other all over the place in raves. <laughs> well, considering the way the world is right now, I would not be surprised. Mm -hmm. Everybody is so eager to feel happy and have human interaction. And unfortunately, this generation, my generation, the younger generation, mm. the main way we are taught to have good human interaction is to have sex. Mm. Well, We're not really taught how to have positive human interaction yeah. without sex. Yes. Well, the big thing is also is there's also a couple of places. I think I think there was one place back east in Canada that was reintroducing the face masking because of the monkeypox. Not understanding oh that monkeypox isn't actually an airborne disease. No, it's a fluid spread one. It's a fluid spread one. You actually have to touch somebody that has You got to mingle your fluids. You got to mingle the right fluids, not just fluids. You got to mingle the right fluids. That's why it's like, oh, sex. Well, did he have monkey pox on his asshole? <laughs> you know, you can't get it just by you know, mingling the fluids. You got to come in contact with the actual, the actual disease itself, not just the person carrying it. It's, it's there's a whole lot to this one. This one is just insane. But of course, as you said here, have no fear. The monkey pox medicine is here. Yep, but there's a catch. Oh, is there? What's the catch? However, pay no attention to the catches as mm. they explain them somewhat in this article. Mm. They don't really go into much detail. It just talks about how one of the therapies is you uh, that's been used to treat it is better than the other one. And uh, like they, they've apparently used one of them since 1970 and it works all right. And then this other one that they have that's new works, it seems to work better, but they're not really sure. And mm. really it's just a waffling. Yes. Well, it's always waffling. I love this next one. Vet got the monkey pox. Was he banging the monkeys in his, in his uh, care? <laughs> yeah, I found this really entertaining. Apparently they got it. They got it years ago by treating the lesions. Uh, well, that's possible. <laughs> that would be possible to, by treating the lesions if he was stupid enough not to be wearing gloves and take proper cleaning precautions afterwards. And that's why I found it so entertaining, because mm. if they are a vet and they're treating lesions, what the fuck do they do? Rub their eye while the goo was on their glove or like, yeah. 
not a very smart it's, vet. No, and that's not something most people would think about, though. They, mm. they just think, oh, my God, the, the vet got the monkeypox. And I think they're going to use shit like this, where somebody got it back in 2003 because they happen to be a vet. I think they're going to use it to start taking your animals and calling your animals because your animal might have it. Yep. Well, that'll be it. They'll be coming for your... Well, they've been coming for the animals for the last two years. Yeah, they have. That's one of the reasons why I worked so hard to get my chickens as quickly as I could, because I thought they were coming for all the chickens. Yeah. Well, uh, the next one I have here is monkeypox patients should be isolated. And considering what the... Uh, what what the apparent uh, symptoms of this are is like fever and rash and it's it's all things that can be something else. But mm. if you say go to the hospital because of your heart and you happen to have allergies and you have a bit of a fever because of your heart or whatever's going on, if you got that rash and that fever both at once, they're going to isolate you immediately. Mm -hmm. And it's just the COVID all over again. Mm -hmm. We're probably going to be isolated over the winter because of this stupid supposed monkeypox. Well, they're going to use the monkeypox, but they need to isolate people, quarantine them, issue out uh, issue out ration cards or limitations to go to the grocery store because they need to deal with the food supply shortage that is coming. And they need to bury that food supply shortage with some other scare tactic that's not that's not related yep. to the food supply shortage and keep people from understanding that there's really truly is a food supply shortage, but we want you to think it's only all because of the monkeypox. And then the next one is get your monkeypox back. Oh, of course. We need a vaccine, yeah. man. How can the, how how else can the fucking pharmaceutical companies make <laughs> billions of dollars? So, the monkeypox vax is actually something that's been around for quite a while. It's been around since 1958. We used the vaccine to get rid of monkeypox the first time. But they I think they're creating a new one. I'm not sure. I didn't fully understand everything I read here, but they do talk about how people should get a monkeypox fax. Now, they'll probably have to create a new one because anything they created in 1958 will be out of patent. That, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. See, there, there's a vaccination. So, uh, I don't know. Like, I think that they're probably going to create a whole new vaccine and then have this in require as a requirement alongside the COVID vaccine. And in order to do anything, you're probably going to have to have both of these vaccines and keep up to date with them because for some reason, these new versions of vaccines is not a get it once you're good for life like every other vaccine we've had for a very, very long time. Look at this. A, still, a still newer vaccine based on the modified attenuated vaccine virus was approved for prevention of monkeypox in 2019. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so there's a newer vaccine. Direct, direct from their website. We got this vaccine that was approved in 2019, but we only have a few hundred cases a year. The hell are we <sighs> gonna do? We we need to sell this shit. Oh wait a minute! Oh, the Rona's done. Hey, we can push monkeypox <laughs> and make some money on the vaccine that we've been sitting on for two years. It's already approved. Yeah. We don't have to go through all the hassles that we went through with the Rona. You know, obviously it has nothing to do with the fact that most of the people who have monkeypox got their COVID back. Well, Why would you think about that? Yeah, well, I think we mentioned that at the top of the show. 
is that sure you know, did, but we mentioned on the pre-stream, yes. pre-stream, not the actual show. Oh, that's right. We were talking in the pre-stream. So yeah, ignore the fact that the Rona has an attenuated uh, monkey virus. I can't remember the name of it. In it, the other thing is, is the monkeypox is is similar to smallpox, which of course, mm-hmm. if you've ever had smallpox, that means you're going to get shingles. Is it smallpox? Yeah, smallpox. Smallpox, you're going to get shingles. And they've been using shingles. Chicken pox equals shingles, I think. Chicken pox. Sorry, chicken pox. Sorry, chicken pox. You're right. Chicken pox equals shingles. So, but chicken pox is very similar to it. And it could be the same thing. And there's been people coming down with chicken pox or shingles after getting the vaccine. But they can call the shingles that people are getting monkey pox because they look the same they've actually been using the same pictures for chicken pox and calling it monkey pox in in news reports interesting so it's like wait a minute well there's there there was a there's because there has been a big outbreak in shingles but now they're going to call it monkey pox instead of shingles they're going to diagnose it as monkey pox and then push this vaccine on people Hell, they might even sense. they might even just push the push the vaccine for shingles onto everyone and call it monkeypox vaccine. Who the hell knows? I mean, it's like it's just it's just a scare tactic, and the fucking pharmaceutical co- companies are going to take massive advantage of it. Well, uh, <clears throat> um, the last one I have here is monkey. Oh, sorry, second to last one. Yeah. Uh, monkeypox first discovered in 1958. Hmm. So this is an interesting history on it. I thought it was a good thing to read just to get an idea. And in 2003, we did have a uh, an outbreak of it, but it was easily easily dealt with. And I've even seen some things that say like, oh, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. We've managed to uh, pretty much con- uh, control it outside of Africa. And it's like... Yeah, those people are probably going to be destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, we just got all kinds of crazy. But and look at the pictures in this one here. It looks just like chicken pox. Oh, yeah. I think I got chicken pox twice. Really? That's what mom told me. Yeah, mom told me I got chicken pox twice. You must have been with her because I don't remember you ever have chicken pox with me. I had chicken pox, I think, as a kid. I don't remember. I have to look at my records. But... uh, Chicken pox, it was, it was so common when we were kids. We, they used to have chicken pox parties. You know, one, yeah. kid, one kid in the neighborhood catch it. You'd send all the kids over there so all the kids could catch it, and they'd get, over with it, get it over with in a hurry and be done with it. Because yeah. once, uh, ca- once you catch it, you have an immunity. Now, granted, your immunity lasts, and later in life, you could come down with shingles. Like your grandmother had shingles a few years ago, a brief bout of shingles. Mm-hmm. From from the chicken pox because it can it can come back and attack you in your fifties and sixties. The chicken pox can come back and attack you, but it it disappears pretty quickly. But it is rather annoying when it occurs. And of course, they've been selling a new vaccine against shingles, which is shingles is just chicken pox in a slightly different form. So basically, they're yeah. they're giving you a new vaccine for nothing. It's like yeah, no, okay, you know, get over it. You will survive. It won't kill you. You know. Uh, your chances of dying from it are very, very slim. Even monkeypox, your chances of dying are very, very slim. But of yeah. course, uh, we don't have the articles here. I need to need to bring some maybe for next week's show. 
there are lots of articles that showcase that showcase the uh, fact that the Wuhan lab, and everyone knows what the Wuhan lab is. I mean, by now, all, absolutely. enough for that but the wuhan lab is where the real rona originated well there was yeah. a report issued from the wuhan lab in january that they had been fucking with the monkeypox vaccine but of course how could they fall out of pattern yes well so at any rate that's what we have to deal with aside from it's sweeping the nation 15 confirmed cases in Quebec. Yep. Oh, wait a sec. They say you know, confirmed confirm monkeypox cases in Quebec climbed to 15. Sweeping the nation. Yep. It's a nationwide scandemic. Be very, very scared. Yes. <laughs> yes. Be, be scared of the <clears throat> monkeypox. Uh, I don't know <clears throat> if, this says, if this particular one says it's sweeping the nation, but... <clears throat> I've seen over and over, it's sweeping the nation, and then I'll find out, like, separate provinces or mm. states, and mm. they say something like this. Yes, I know. Fifteen confirmed cases. Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, did you see that new headline from, I forget who it was, ABC or somebody, about uh, George Floyd? No. George Floyd, who was shot in custody of the police. You remember who George Floyd was, right? Right. Well, I remember who George Floyd was, but I didn't see the new headline. Okay, but the new headline is he was shot in police custody. Shot and oh. killed in shot and killed in police custody. Now I'm pretty okay. sure he, I, I'm pretty I'm sure pretty he sure was they didn't have him in custody. Well no, they had him in custody, but they didn't shoot him. Oh, okay. They did oh, no, not, he was the one who got choked, wasn't he? He was the one that supposedly got choked. He died of a fentanyl overdose. Yeah, but he said he, he was the whole, I can't breathe. Everyone yeah. everyone said yes. that he got choked to death, and yeah. yeah, no, he didn't get shot. He couldn't breathe because he was dying of a fentanyl overdose. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. Memory hole. Yes. The, the memory hole happened. They're they've replacing met, the information. They're replacing the information with he was shot in police custody. Mm-hmm. He, he, he wasn't choked. He was now shot. I, I saw that, and I'm like, no, this is, this is a fucking... Uh, uh, B article, right? No, no, it's not the B. <laughs> Thinking of which, we're not going to get to all the other cool shit in here, but I have something that I feel is way overdue for us, and that is a comparison of the headlines from the Babylon B and not the B. So I rolled a 20 for you on this. It's got to be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> well... This is right because we because we've had so many articles here lately that have been B or not the B articles. Here we go. I love it. What a time to be alive. This is from not the B. We're gonna it, top three top three headlines. End your day with this wholesome video of a five year old Italian boy playing the smoothest Mozart sonata you ever heard. Okay, uh, I can live with that one. Teen gunman murders nineteen children, two teachers in Texas elementary school. A very a very happy pansexual visibility day to you all. What? Yes. yes. We <laughs> okay. have that's gotta be true because it's not the bee. Now let's go to the headlines from the bee. 
Amid safety concerns, Chapella to begin doing stand Chapella Chapel Chapella who's Chapella to begin doing stand up in full medieval armor surrounded by alligator uh, moat? Oh, that's that's uh the Chapella he was he was the guy who was attacked. Top oh. top 10 benefits of putting all your money into gold. Okay. Okay, that's their Are you sure those weren't just ads? No, uh, they no. That's oh they they are oh the that's the sponsored one sorry one was sponsored they don't put them here let's go okay here's there here we go. buzzing now there we go we at the Babylon Bee would like to announce we have obtained dirt on Hillary Clip <laughs> I like that think you have monkeypox watch for these ten strange symptoms okay now I want to read it because it's the bee yeah <laughs> all right and let's go see a couple others. An absolute monster tornado touched down near Morton, Texas this week, and the footage legit looks like something out of a disaster movie. Scientists dig up new flying dinosaur, and it's apparently so terrifying that they just went ahead and named it the Dragon of Death. <laughs> wow. Boom! Indiana's legislator just overrode their conservative governor's veto of a bill that kept men out of women's sports. Wow. Okay. Let's see what else we got. Come on, let's. let's the bee is the bee is not set up any any better. Go. go away, Ed. Go away, Ed. I just want to see the headlines. Junior high scientists recommend social distancing from parents to stop the spread of lame. Wow, they're really having to use uh, odd words to make sure people don't know it's real. Or no, it's not real. You see the problem here, and then and then we see these articles here. Let's go. Let's go into some more here. Trending articles. Netflix just wiped out a huge number of contractors for some of its wokest, most left-wing entertainment brands. That should be a B article. Actually, I actually brought that to the show tonight. <laughs> okay. It's like, lay off the homeschoolers? What? Oh, okay. Lay off the homeschoolers and stop bugging them. Yeah. World Economic Forum police with machine guns just detained journalists Jack Posobiec in Davos, Switzerland. Yeah. Teen. Uh, yeah. See, I when I see random things like that, I like sorry, not woke enough. Walmart pulls special Juneteenth ice cream because they were accused of racism. Yes. I have to double check to make sure I'm on not the beat. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's like, and but this this was overdue. I because I, I I was looking at headlines. I'm like, wait a minute. It's like, wait, this is this is not on the B. Why isn't this one on the B? This belongs on the B. And then you look at what the B has to do to twist a headline to create parody. Progressive Christian hopes God has preferred pronouns by his name in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's like that's. <laughs> That's really fucking <laughs> reaching, guys. It is. You know, Miracle Pfizer announces they just so happened to finish monkeypox vaccine yesterday. <laughs> Sad thing is, this is another not the B. This it was is another done in 2019. <laughs> this is another B article that already came true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid they didn't see the uh, the piece that thing. It's like they're gonna have to say gonna have to say I'm sorry to be. You got another one where you predicted the future already. <laughs> Church of Satan declares, oh, you closed it. Never mind. 
Church of Satan declares police. Church of Satan declares, yeah. Pelosi is still allowed to receive satanic Eucharist. The reason why that's there is because uh, the the Pope has uh, refused Pelosi a communion. Mm. <laughs> I'm surprised the Pope would do that. <clears throat> well, he didn't mean to let everyone know that. He sent it to the wrong person. Oh, <laughs> oh well, <laughs> sucks to be him. <laughs> you know, it's like the it's like I had to bring this because this was just so overdue to compare headlines between the two and try to figure out yeah. which which ones should be see here it is WAPO tweeted that George Floyd was shot and killed in police custody and attempted to cover it up. Wow. <laughs> That's the one we were just talking about. Yeah, and it's it's on not the bee, so it's real. <laughs> Oh, no, it was real. I, I actually saw the tweet from the Washington Post uh, feed because I, I subscribe to the Washington Post and all the left hard stuff so that I can see what the fucking left hards are doing. Because if you don't subscribe to the left hards, you don't realize the lunacy that's happening. If you only subscribe to right wing or, or people who are intelligent and know what they're thinking, you'd only hear about the good stuff in the world. And, yeah, and that doesn't help you to understand at all. And it doesn't help you to understand the problems we're having in the world. You have to actually see what all these other morons are fucking saying to understand what's going yep. on. So, all right. Well, enough of that one. <laughs> we need to bring in a couple of, another one, a stupid one. British Columbia is to demolish the racist museum and build an unprecedented expensive replacement and this came direct what? from the National Post well you heard about they're replacing our museum here in Victoria no I didn't oh they 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 announced um, a couple weeks ago they're going to close the museum in September October and they're going to demolish it and replace it with a billion dollar building for a brand new museum okay which on its surface, sounds okay, but considering they could better use that billion dollars for some other useful thing on the uh, for the people of the province, doesn't make a lot of sense. But the headline from the National Post, this is our national newspaper across Canada, the National Post. Their headline is, BC to demolish racist museum and build unprecedentedly expensive replacement. It's like, what the hell is racist in that museum? I've been there a million times. Oh, but it's all about the white people who colonized British Columbia. It's not about the First Nations people, or enough about the First what? Nations people. That's what their article basically goes on to say. Is they oh, don't that just, that, oh, that doesn't even make any sense. Oh, Most of it is about the way that the First Nations lived. Well, no. Uh, one third of it is about the way the First Nations lived. The other two thirds of it are about the colonizers, the people who came here and created British Columbia as it is now, which is what When's I'm the last time you went there, because last time I went there was a few years ago, and it was mostly about how the First Nations lived. Oh, then I haven't. I haven't been there. I haven't been there in about five or ten years. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they changed it. Most of it is how they lived and how they inter and how they were treated and how they mm. interacted. And yeah. I mean, they still have the mini models and they still have yeah. uh, well, the animals of prehistoric times. But yeah. well, but anyway, and, they, oh, they're, and they're, they they're, also they're, had the underground, the old, that, the, old the old town. Well, they were they were already talking about destroying the old town and replacing it with some new uh, thing. 
Wait, they're destroying it? Yeah, they're getting rid of the old town. It's not coming back. It's gone for good. That's, that's terrible. I love the old town. That gives us a peek into our history. It and that's it. They're wiping out. They're wiping out all of the white history of British Columbia because there is no white history of British Columbia. It's all indigenous history. It had there was never white history in British Columbia. It's always been indigenous history. So anyway, okay. So I'm gonna have to go to the museum one more time so I can take pictures. Yes, if you don't go before September, it's gone for good. They're gonna wipe it out. They're oh gonna close. They're gonna close it down, and they're going to demolish the entire building and replace it with some monstrosity. Actually, let's bring that back again and show you. Freaking retards. Let's show you some of the monstrosities that we might be stuck with. I was like, I, I like, let's let's look at, see, here's the iconic entrance to the British Columbia Museum, the Royal yeah, BC Museum. Yeah, I always thought it was cool. It's iconic. Well, here are some of the monstrosities we might get stuck with. There's one from the Royal Alberta Museum. There's one for the Museum in Ottawa. That looks like a YMCA. There's one for the Royal Ontario Museum. Oh, it's my like God. Somebody on crack designed that one. No, there, man, they were stoned. It just never got finished. There's one for the Canadian Museum for Human Rights in Winnipeg. You know, that actually the, looks like there's a one old for, helmet. There's of, one of, for, uh, yeah. An old Roman helmet. Yeah, there, oh, yeah, that's a good idea for it. There's one for the Titanic Belfast in Northern Ireland Museum. That's broken. Yes, that's broken. So, so these are these are this is what we can expect. I'm willing to bet that we will get something shitty just like that. Yeah. So this we we have I so much. I want to cry. We have so much stupid going on in the world. So much stupid. <sighs> and we didn't even get into our space stuff because I really wish we'd got to the space stuff because we have a lot of space stuff. There is a Big meteor shower happening this weekend. A once-in-a-lifetime happening meteor shower that is happening. And I don't, cool. know, I don't know where it's at, but we, we're, we're, we might, it's supposed to happen on the 30th, and we might have 1,000 meteors per, per minute or something because we're, oh, cool. we're going through the tail of a comet. Yeah, space stuff is all the way down near <laughs> the bottom. Yeah. Most intense meteor shower of our lifetime expected to light up the night sky this month, May yep. 31st, 2022, 11 p.m. on the West Coast. Yep. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. I hope it's not cloudy and raining. I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping so, too. I would really like to see it. You know, we've got um, the largest asteroid to go past the Earth. It's going to pass us by on May 27th, so... Happy birthday to my kid. We got a giant asteroid headed for Earth. Let's hope it doesn't hit. <laughs> but the meteor shower yeah. is the one I wanted. The meteor shower is the one that I I really want to see. Because it's it's the a comet, it's the tail of a comet that passed us by in 1995. Oh, cool. And it's still the and and let's see here. Blast in May 21st. Um, uh, 
Where it is. They By the say, way, we have a couple of TikToks tonight. Yeah, we'll go grab those in a minute. <clears throat> 1400 per hour. Oh, that would be cool. That means that means you just look up and you will see nothing but shooting stars for a freaking hour or two. It's just it just be so a, cool. And of course, if you happen to be lucky enough to be in an area with minimal to no light pollution, it'll be the most amazing fireworks display you have ever seen in your life. Because then you would That'll even nice. see then you would even see the faint ones. So yeah, that Check. would be so runaway camping for that weekend. Yeah, there you go. Check runaway camping this weekend. It's coming this weekend. Yep. Because we are at the end of the month. All right, let's wrap this up with a couple of TikToks and call it a show. So let's see what the kidlet brought us. Sometimes I'm scared to see what she brings us. <laughs> I'm scared just seeing that. I'm scared. <laughs> How much of different foods and drinks would it take for you to consume before it kills you? Big Macs have so much salt in them that it would only take 27 of these motherfuckers to put your body into a state of dehydration that would kill you. Chocolate's cool, chocolate's great, but 86 full-size chocolate bars would put your body into cardiac failure. About 2,500 Skittles have enough sugar to just stop your heart. If you somehow got down 81 cups of coffee, the caffeine would allow you to use 100% of your brain power. And by that, I mean you would have a seizure. You would have to smoke 1,500 pounds of weed in 15 minutes for you to overdose on the THC. Like, that's impossible. I don't know why people still think this is that dangerous of a drug. How much of different <laughs> foods and drinks would it take for you to consume before it kills you? I don't know. I shut Pain. it off. How much of different foods and drinks? They changed it. They moved it to the fucking top. <laughs> I like that one. That one's kind of interesting. All right. What's the hardest riddle? Okay. I had to look up the answer for this. And I brought the link so that people can get the, the answer. The world's hardest riddle is really interesting because when Harvard students were asked to answer it, 98% of them got it wrong. But when kindergartners were asked to answer it, 83% of them got it right. So, if you can't solve this, you're dumber than a kindergartner, but right up there with Harvard students. I turn polar bears white, and I will make you cry. I make guys have to pee, and girls comb their hair. I make celebrities look stupid, and normal people look like celebrities. I turn pancakes brown, and make your champagne bubble. If you squeeze me, I'll pop. But if you look at me, you'll pop. Can you guess the riddle? The world's hardest riddle is really interesting because... Um... CO2. <laughs> Something like that. So the that. most common answer is no. <laughs> no. I can't answer. There's no question. That is mm -hmm. the most common answer. The second most common answer is time. Third one, it's pressure. What? The answer is no. Okay. So there's the answer right there. there, um, there there's the answer. It, there's the answer from a high schooler. I've seen it before. What, oh. What's the high schooler's answer? No. Yeah. 
Just okay, nothing. but it that actually doesn't fit. The reason why it does fit is because there's no, no question. The only question is, can you answer this riddle? Then the answer should be no question. True, but apparently uh, the reason why no is oh, accepted it, is because oh, it is the... The, the riddle is, can you answer this riddle? Can you answer this riddle? The answer is no. Okay, I see it now. Yeah. It's a it's a completely <laughs> it's a completely trick riddle. Okay, yeah. it's a completely trick riddle. So yeah, <laughs> can you answer the riddle? It's no. So because what you're looking at is you're looking when you're trying to answer a riddle, you're looking for the commonality in the riddle to try and answer the riddle. So yeah, so it's usually, like, but what this the, has now made it to the top for yeah. world's hardest riddle, which. Yeah, yeah it's not, okay. It's I can not, see that, but it's, it, it's a trick it's, riddle. It's, it's not, not a riddle. It's not true. It's not truthfully a riddle. This rates up there with the riddle on the ring in the Lord of the Rings, where he asked, "What's in my pocket?" This is not a real yep. riddle. <laughs> this is not a real riddle because a riddle means that something in the things you've said has a. They all have a commonality, which allows an answer. What they've done at the very end, they've asked a question. That eliminates everything else in front of it. That's why so many kids got it right. Well, yep. they the kids only got it right because they because they just they they focused on the last item. They didn't focus on anything else. They just didn't know. So exactly. They they didn't know anything, so they went, no, I can't answer that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's that's kind of screwy. All right. Apparently, the other answers to this riddle are pressure or time. Hmm. Nope. Time won't. Time won't. Doesn't turn polar bears white. Nope. You know, and, and pressure doesn't either. And neither's pressure. Um, girls comb their hair. There are some things that could happen. It you know, CO2. Um, but uh, you know, polar. What turns polar bears white is their fucking uh, DNA. You know, making you cry could be in your DNA. You know, making guys pee, it's in their DNA. Girls comb their hair, it's in their fucking DNA. Celebrities look stupid, it's in their DNA. All normal <laughs> people look like celebrities, um, that's in their DNA. Turn pancakes brown, it's in their DNA. Uh, make your champagne bubble, it's in their DNA, and it's in DNA. If you squeeze me, you pop, yeah, it's in the DNA. If you look at me, you'll pop, it's in your DNA. Hey, DNA is the answer. There you go. It's all, it's all DNA. There you go, I found an answer. <laughs> All right, on that lovely note, we will call this a show. Let's have a little music carry us out. These are the days of thunder. We're going to make time stand still. A quarter after midnight, and I'm watching the wall. Sometimes I feel so just can't sleep at all every day doing the same old thing we're losing time the weekend comes we gotta have some fun and rewind these are the days of thunder
choking off our air. We need to grab some lightning. Friday's almost.